This isn't the year for real estate development. We've had a full decade of real estate development. And the scary bit here is that uh, we might see another decade of real estate development where basically you will have more uh, uh, houses and flats for rich people and less and less houses for anyone who cannot afford it. Hello and welcome to the final episode of Pakistanomy for 2020. I have with me Ari Bashair and Amar Khan, two guests who don't need any introduction because they've been so generous with their time for the entire year coming on the show regularly talking about what's going on in the economy. And I figured I have them here to do a rundown of what 2020 was like for the Pakistani economy and what their their predictions and outlook is for 2021. So Aripa, maybe we start off with you. I think back at 2019, at the end of 2019, and everyone was like, this decade was terrible. 2019, what an awful year. 2020, here I come, and then a pandemic came. And I think the situation was kind of similar for the Pakistani economy, which was in the dumps, and everyone was hoping 2020 would be much, much better. And then, of course, the pandemic hit and the lockdown and everything else that followed. So what was 2020 like from your perspective, looking at the economy and everything that has happened? Honestly, when when we walked into 2020, um, both the personal level, everyone was like, you know, it's our year, blah, blah, blah. But when we walked into 2020, the economy was bad. Like, you, there's no sugarcoating the fact inflation was high, the economy was bad. We thought you know, there was another rise in the interest rate was on the cards. It was that bad, right? Um, but the fact remains that it, 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 at the end of 2020, when I'm sitting over here, I don't think it went as bad as it should have, considering we had a pandemic. Um, it could have been a lot worse. And for some reason, we survived. And not only survived the virus, but the economy survived. And without, you know, the inflation, it's pretty okay-ish. Like, I'm not going to say it's good, but it isn't as bad as one thought it would be at the beginning of the year. But of course, the government hasn't got its act together, but it hasn't lost its shit completely. Amar, what do you think? Uh, I mean, it's the pandemic, right? It's, the, it's just uh, all over the place. Uh, to be fair, uh, we fared pretty well. But again, it was because of the low base effect. So yeah, it's kind of a thing. We fared really well. And uh, we fared better than many of the other emerging economies out there. So props to that. Uh, one of the reasons uh, is... Because we have a pretty large informal economy, pretty large cash-based economy. So that kept chugging along and that supported the formal economy. And eventually we were able to pull ourselves up. Uh, propaganda aside, there's a lot of propaganda. Highest ever numbers, highest ever this, highest ever that. If you look at a long enough timeline, long enough by here, I mean about 12 to 18 months, we are still uh, much below where we were in January or even December. But yes, I mean, the coffee the low base effect kicks in and then you start uh, growing. So let's just hope we can uh, keep building on this and uh, at least get, get some kind of a sustainable growth rate to the north of 4 to 5%. 
Yeah, I think the low base point is is very important, right? So I was talking to someone and they were like, yeah, it's like a V-shaped recovery. And I was like, well, the peak of the V in Pakistan in 2019 was already pretty low. So you've, you've hit a V, but the V was is not something to be proud of in the case of where growth was pre-pandemic. Um, but from your perspective, I'll ask each one of you if this may be starting with Ariba first. What were some of the key things that, you know, choices that were made either by the government or the state bank, of course, interest rates were slashed pretty quickly, but there was a lot more that happened uh, on top of that. So what would you say uh, were the contributing factors to why this wasn't as worse as what one would have envisioned a pandemic to be like beyond the fact that the base was pretty low? Um, in some cases, the government was proactive. Um, the fact is that in, while the pandemic started, there was a you know there was some miscommunication on the government's part where they weren't actively explaining to people whether lockdown hoga nahi hoga, and that was some confusion. And until that happened, things weren't really in control. But the minute the government announced, you know, lockdown karenge, but it'll be a smart lockdown, and it's going to be like this, and industries are going to work like this. That is the moment we start picking up pace. Um, so th th that's one thing that I kind of appreciate that the government did is, hey, you, you continue with your industries, you follow SOPs. That is one thing that we needed as a poor country. Uh, the immediate cash disbursement was a really good measure because you need to inject uh, liquidity into the market, in, in, not really into the market, but into the masses. And that is one thing that the government efficiently did. Um, as far as the state bank is concerned, the state bank has usually always been a reactive, you know, body. But this pandemic brought it out in a more proactive way. So they had been proactively, you know, mediating the situation that was to come in the form of slashes, in the form of, you know, concessions to banks, in the form of concessions to regulatory authorities. and you know, just, just across the board, State Bank is one of the pillars that have actually supported the government throughout this. In the meanwhile, yeah, um, if we talk about other, like the government, if we talk about the government alone, I guess the cash disbursement is something that we need to applaud because that is something that even the United States may have struggled with. Pakistan did it pretty well. Amar, what do you think about the fact that, you know, when when interest rates were climbing up 13% or so, um, the argument being made by the bank was that it's, there's high inflation environment, we need to jack up rates and inflation, of course, did not come down. Um, and now that the rates have been slashed, inflation is pretty much at the same level. Do you think that this experience will finally myth the, uh, bust the myth in Pakistan that uh, Pakistan tends to have demand pull um, inflation and therefore in a high inflation environment? the bank must raise rates to, to deal with the problem? Or do you think we'll continue going back to that playbook? I think we, can you hear us, Amar? Yeah, I, I can hear you, I can hear you. Uh, Ozan, you are correct. I know interest rates, people take these things very personally at times. So, you know, they get militant when you talk about demand pull or supply push. They just take it personally. So let's just take a step back and, you know, figure things out here. Uh, we were at double digit rates, 13%. Inflation was there, but I, if you just review Pakistan's history over the last, let's say, 
25 years, you will mostly find cost push inflation. Uh, inflation Pakistan with the 08 to 10 oil prices jacked up, you know, that was a major cause of inflation. PKR, USD depreciation, that is a cause of inflation. Wheat prices increase, commodity prices increase, that is a cause of inflation. So wheat price is increased new day, because people are eating more. Okay? If price is increased, you shortage you not have to whatever reason. It's a supply issue, not a demand issue. Uh, classic, if we look at economics, demand pull, if there's an interest rate, people inflation so it's it's one of those you know you don't have bread eat cake kind of examples out there so that's pretty much about it uh right now i think inflation has tapered off uh, but still you know abhi bhi jo inflation hai, that's mostly due to supply side pressures there are a lot of cost pressures out there you've got uh, wheat issues you've got sugar you've got anything and everything any commodity out there that is a pressure and then you also have people out there who say ki nahi internationally prices increase ho rahe aur bhai aap gandam mein pichle ko 10 saal se self sufficient ho kaun se international price effect ho rahi hai yes international price affects you because gandam jo smuggle ho rahi hai yahan se this is why it's affecting you guess whose responsibility it is to stop smuggling I will let uh, the people who are watching this decide. You know, uh, it's as simple as that. Yes, there will be leakages. There will be in a wastage. Okay, but you can't say that internationally price will increase. So it's our fault. So if internationally it came down, you what? What is the price of international price? Where did the argument So I think there is a lot of what I've seen over the last 12 months. There's a lot of cherry picking out there. KG, whatever number suits you, you know that becomes part of propaganda and so on. Nevertheless. I think what the state bank is doing, uh, what matlab, uh, we've read during the monetary policy statements, if you read, it's very clear that they're, they're focusing on the core inflation right now rather than the headline inflation. And rightfully so, because headline includes a lot major component of the, that's food and fuel. Food and fuel got talent, the core inflation is fairly stable. Pakistan, over the last 10 years, uh, we maintained 10 to 12 years, we maintained real interest rate of about two to two and a half to two percent uh abhi jo that's negative and you know that, that's fine you know you don't have to be all hawkish about it again the interest rate you're finally recovering from a pandemic in fact still going through it and uh, interest rates at this level are just fine uh Core inflation, we're just targeting core inflation now. Core inflation, ke se, we're pretty much in the range of real rates. Agar so that's about 50 to 100 bips. So that's a good range to work with. And uh, the, the prime minister, the government, one of the major, let's say, cornerstones of the strategy is the Naya Pakistan housing scheme. The As everyone knows, like housing ke liye, the key component is mortgage rate. Okay? If mortgage rate goes into double digits, you simply cannot expect any kind of uh, mortgage industry or housing industry to develop. So in order to push that up, there needs to be some kind of, uh, let's say, markup subsidy to mil rahi hai, but uh, rates need to be in a stable range. If you go back to double-digit territory again, you know, it's going to be back to 2000, let's say, 12 or 13 again. So that's the story here. So do, do, do either of you think that, you know, we talked about obviously inflation being an issue, the government's failure um, to control, I wouldn't say control, but deal with the supply side challenges structurally 
to me at least stands out as one of the starkest sort of shortcomings of 2020. In fact, it's been ongoing for the last several months now. Um, would you categorize that as the biggest shortcoming of 2020 from the government's perspective? Or is there something else that stands out to you in the sense that when you look at the government's economic response, its economic strategy, where did it fall short throughout this period? I think Ismay, uh, they haven't been, um, I mean, any single commodity you look at, there has been some kind of supply disturbance. That could have been resolved. I mean, it doesn't mean to import a lot of goods or maintain a lot of goods. It's a very difficult job in the world. It's going to happen. Same goes for sugar. Today, there was a More importantly, why should the state even be bothering with importing commodities. Why are these controls? Every shortage of the state will import. Chini shortage of the state will import. LNG. LNG is a classic example. There is a lot of LNG. In fact, one person said that there is no harm. The That's like the best part about it. So again, you know, state should not be involved. The state should not interfere in say, commodity imports. Gas ki baat hoti hai ki hamesha aapko pata hai. Pichle kuch 10 saal se to main dekh raha hoon ki sardiyon mein gas ki shortage hoti hai. Everyone knows ki sab demand bad jati hai. Why it's, it's just almost not... become like the Ramzan food price Haan. inflation, right? Everyone Why knows hai... Ramzan mein prices will go up and we know in winter gas Thieke, shortage. Agar if state, jo regulated authorities hain, jo bhi relevant bodies hain, agar wo demand supply hi determine, demand hi determine nahi kar paan, then I think we have a much serious problem. They, you have only one job here. Thieke hai. So ensure that gas is available at every household or at least line mein gas available. Ho. Hmm. If it's not available, hai, that is the problem. Hai, that is your job. That you have to availability. Now you can say, I can import it, I can distribute it, I bill. So again, we have a problem here. So ke, I would, matlab, this was a pandemic here and the government managed it really, really well. You've got to give it to them, all props to them. But the way supply chains were managed, I think it's probably one of the worst years in terms of supply chain management. Matlab, itni mismanagement, supply chains, Today, I was just going to say the finance advisor said to control prices of chicken because they're going up because maize prices have gone up. Ariba, what's your take on this? Like, is that is the supply chain the biggest shortcoming of 2020 or is there is. something else that stands out like, to you? With, with the pandemic, I would have thought that there issue highlight hooga. the government's going to screw up something else. And, and to be very honest, this is why it's called a screw up. The very fact that the supply chain shortcom is, is not really an impact of COVID. COVID had nothing to do with this. This was just general incompetence. Like back in June when we had a petroleum shortage, that was absolute craziness. And the government rhetoric game and say, oh my God, we stopped 
you know, smuggling of fuels from Iran, and that is why this happened. So if, if they're just playing games with you at this point, and the fact remains that they sucked. They were terrible at this job of maintaining, you know, the supply chain for basic commodities that the government, that the people need. And again, yeah, yeah it's it's like it's a, like Amar said, gas is like an age-old thing. We're now used to it. Before December even starts, before winter starts, everyone knows it's going to happen. And it's not like they didn't know. All right. It's not like this is all new. And when you have a pandemic, again, I would honestly assume other things being highlighted, other issues related to the pandemic emerging, like let's say a healthcare emergency or a lack of resources. But we didn't see that. What we saw is which, to be honest, the agriculture sector did not really even suffer because of the pandemic. It's not like clustered filled city. You know, it, it it wasn't as damaged as one would hope, or as one would think, not hope, sorry. But yeah, it, general incompetence is all I'm going to say with regards to the supply chain for commodities. And like Amar said, the pandemic went well in comparison, but supply chain was something that has, un- every commodity, it is beyond the means of a person with their salary, with their income whatever it is. And that is one reason why in terms of politics as well, the PPI has been facing adversaries in this situation. The minute, I don't know, I remember you and I had this talk, you know, everything's getting back in control. And then we felt that, you know, we jinxed it. But the fact remains, okay, they couldn't deal with a very simple task. And like Amar says, I completely agree. This is unprecedented within the last 10 years. And it erodes your economic recovery, right? So you mentioned yes, Ariba, that there's there's a cash because transfer aap, program. Think think about it this way. Um aap cash transfer karo, aap kisi ko do. Ab pehle in that twelve thousand you could get, let's say, so and so goods. And now you can because at on one hand you're giving them money. On the other hand, the prices of things have you know increased to such an extent that the basic purchasing power of a person has been slashed especially considering a lot of people have lost their source of income during the pandemic. So when we were talking about recoveries and we were talking about V-shape, I, I would say Pakistan is a J-shape recovery, but the fact remains that you know, whatever you do, you could give people 12,000 rupees, you could, you could have a subsidized housing scheme, but if people don't have roti, towel, chini to eat, you, know, you won't have people that are going to vote for you. You don't have people at all. Amar, the other thing that stands out to me for 2020, and after that, I'll sort of move on to the business story aspect of 2020. The government's focus has been, you mentioned the Naya Pakistan housing scheme, but I would say it's essentially been the re- the year of real estate development. We've had amnesties given, a sort of mini construction boom taking place all of a sudden, Pundal Island, Ravi Development Authority, the cabinet taking notice of quote-unquote propaganda against those schemes. Um, how do you see this push um, in terms of the construction sector and mention, talking about real estate development. You forgot to mention one very big private sector one. I'm not going to say it. Uh, Ozan, this isn't the year for real estate development. We've had a full decade of real estate development. And the scary bit here is that uh, we might see another decade of real estate development where basically you will have more... Uh, 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 houses and flats for rich people and less and less houses for anyone who cannot afford. I'll give you an example here. State Bank has a markup scheme, subsidized market, which is Pakistan Pakistan's housing scheme. Hai. 
uh, maximum limit property for that is 6 million rupees 60 lakh rupees ki property hogi uska takriban ko minimum jo uska size hona chahiye wo 850 square foot hona chahiye karachi lahore islamabad you go on zameen right now and you look for these properties maximum value ki baat kar raha hu usme you will barely find any property outside barrier town this is to apparently what they're saying is this is to encourage people to move out of cities and to develop towards the underdeveloped yeah, areas yeah i mean areas. i'm sure you know if, if someone honest. wants to move out of karachi to i don't know like somewhere dadu or something that, that that's fine you exactly. know matlab you, you need to create jobs for them as well there needs to be a whole ecosystem out there so you know you can give them cheap housing theek hai see cheap housing again you know the supply is in there theek hai the jitne bhi projects ho rahe hain uh real estate projects nahi ban rahe hain you won't find a single a uh, project which is basically for affordable housing uh, fgeha ka ek project hai but that's pretty much about it you will not find any private developers going for uh, low cost housing it's, it's simply not happening so yes it's the last uh, example of low co- low cost housing the last example of private sector low cost housing was baria town with the 26 lakh ke flats that's that's the lowest but even that's not low cost right i mean the idea of affordable housing around the world is, is that not, can your blue collar yeah. worker become a property owner can a blue collar worker buy a 26 lakh apartment no no see yes they can theek hai chalo let's assume hypothetically for a bit you know they can you know 15 saal ka mortgage kar do so on and so forth but when that apartment is not close the the place they work when they have to do a commute of 2 hours daily whatever they're saving they're basically spending on transportation so just just doesn't make sense aapko bahut sari aise examples milengi bade bade shehar banne magar wahan pe koi naukri nahi thi kuch kaam karne ka nahi tha and then boom nothing happened so yes the amnesty was there uh, i think it was great amnesty for you know if you had real estate if you had a lot of gray or black capital aap usko white kare matlab to aapke liye to bahut achhi cheez hai agar aap bahut ameer hain and uh, you have a lot of property which is basically undeclared or gray but kehne ye kehna ke ji isse kisi aam aadmi ko fayda hua isse housing affordability bad gayi that is completely nonsense aisa kuch bhi nahi hua hai uh even if you look at the state bank numbers right now mortgage uh, house financing jo hai bank employees ka jo number hai uh bank employees ko jo housing uh, mili hui hai that's a 120 billion rupees normal consumer housing is just at 80 billion rupees so you know banks don't even banks is only basically lending to their employees and let's see how this changes over the next few months or uh, years they have a target but uh, i really really doubt if anything is going to come out of it other than snazzy campaigns and uh, you know random promises so that's a story baat sari aati ravi river front karachi bundel island like someone you should tell them ke yaar karachi mein jo ho raha hai pehle usko sahi kar do and then bundel island ko develop karne ki koshish karo it just simply does not make sense karachi does not have a single operational sewage treatment plant probably the only mega city in the world with a population of more than 10 million which basically it's just throwing shit in water for crying out at loud your, nee, at your middle of seaview mi- yeah. middle behind the mcdonald it doesn't have a single exactly. sewage treatment plant and then you have some, some someone with enough gall to say ki bundel and guspe jo hai billion dollar ki investment hogi like how many mous do you want to sign i would like to sign an mou for 10 billion rupees investment but that means nothing 
आई मीन बंदल पे आप डेवलप कर लोगे मतलब ठीक है सो Again, you need to, in order to develop Bundal first. You need to develop Karachi first. You need to ensure basic necessities, basic service delivery is happening in Karachi. Only then you can develop Bundal. कोई आगे कह रहा था कि अब दुबई नहीं जाएंगे ये गवर्नर सिंह वो सिंह दुबई नहीं जाएंगे बुंदल जाएंगे like what's what's wrong with you like what is that it, it's, it's unbelievable then? same goes for uh, uh, Ravi. I mean it's, it's the exact same model here. They होप दे प्राइवेट इन्वेस्टर आएंगे वो बनाएंगे बिल्डिंग्स बनाएंगे एंड यू नो पीपल विल हैव अ बॉल बट दैट्स नॉट गोइंग टू हैपन यू नीड टू बेसिक इंफ्रास्ट्रक्चर इन प्लेस फॉर एनीथिंग टू हैपन कराची डज नॉट इवन हैव बेसिक वेस्ट कलेक्शन मैकेनिज्म इन प्लेस ठीक है वो आप बुंदल पे आप क्या वेस्ट कलेक्शन करोगे जो सारा वेस्ट कराची से जनरेट होगा कराची से क्या पहले बुंदल जाएगा फिर वहां पर वेस्ट कलेक्ट होगा this is ridiculous so yes real estate i believe it's uh, one of the major reasons why pakistan is in the state it is right now because all of the capital moved into real estate and if real estate continues to be the focus so i don't think anything better can come out of it to be honest ariba what are your thoughts i i agree to be you honest agree? it's absolutely stupid like matlab i it's absolutely stupid what the government is doing uh bundal island you're you're doing an ecosystem first of all you're you're just spreading yourself out so much to the extent that jo sahi kar sakte wo bhi nahi sahi hoga and it's it's stupid honestly it's stupid i so find there's no stupid. there's no economic rationale and i think no. that we'll see and, where and there's there's more go. of a cost there's more of a cost there's more of a social cost there's, there's more of a cost overall like honestly they just they just ruining it well i just think based on this section our episode may be taken down because there's directives to co- combat propaganda against these projects so we'll see how that goes but ariva you're a business journalist what's the biggest business story of 2020 and we know uh, among us that you've had your run-ins this year with covering some stories and some companies but what's the the biggest business story that stands out for you out of pakistan this year this year um i don't know you you told me to think about this question i thought put it like i i thought put it then and honestly nothing i i just find it interesting how during a pandemic um you know we had two ipos good not amazing good um it doesn't really matter but okay but it's not the biggest story of the year and raising capital for startups nah doesn't really matter businesses are okay i don't i don't think anything was amazing like mm. i'm going to sound a pessimist right now but i don't think anyone was anything was something worth like oh my god ye kya ho gaya pakistan mein nothing revolutionary nothing out of the blue um the textile bullshit that they're feeding down your throat ki the textile industry is back to its capacity more than it ever was that's all bullshit too nothing's amazing matlab nothing Uh, out of the blue extraordinary amazing that i'm going to go like oh my god this is the best story everything's okay mediocre Amar. at the best uh i agree with everybody there is nothing that really stands out ki why yaar kya zabardast cheez hui nothing of that sort but one thing that is moving the needle and uh, would prove to be beneficial in the near to long term is the state bank star facility temporary economic refinance facility i think that's really good you have a, you're having a lot of capital expenditure uh companies are expanding they are going into new projects manufacturing facility is being 
you know stepped up so yeah that is one thing that can really add to our growth rate going forward so again it's not really a story story but it's just one metric which i feel that's probably the only the positive me- me- metric exactly. out there it's just a support to businesses and uski wajah se if a business grows exponentially that's completely different but overall kafi thanda but uh, overall i don't think there is literally any story out there to where nothing really mm. stood out nothing at all yeah oh, interesting okay so looking at 2021 um how do you see are you going to be like screw you 2020 here i come 2021 like everyone did in 2019 I or i just mazey ki baat i okay on on a personal level i didn't do that cuz i don't believe in new year new me or this year is going to be my year cuz i just know okay that's my luck name kuch nahi hone wala aur bura hota jayega and the point is that 2020 pe like the clock strikes 12 and the virus isn't going away the virus is here until we got the vaccine we don't really know how well the vaccine is going to work we can hope and pray that it does work well and but we're expected to get it around march and i really hope that it not only is efficient but it's also effective and that's something that people need to realize okay just because you have the vaccine doesn't mean the virus is going to end the virus still exists you may just not catch it so 2021 i'm optimistic um I hope it's a good year. I hope I I hope okay, we get over corona, we get over inflation. If we get over these two things, there's there's hope. So low targets for you like get the vaccine out, control the supply chain, which one would assume are the base necessities. Amar, what do you think about 2021? Hey, bahut saade log hain. I think 2021 would definitely be better than 2020 to be honest. I expect a no, number of don't major backward knock wood don't jinx it <laughs> so 2021 you know matlab i i just expect a lot of infrastructure projects to finally complete a lot of new capital investments a lot of new manufacturing facilities to come online so i'm just hopeful on amar yeah yeah sure go ahead 2021 mein dam banega yeah dam to dekho uh, 2030 30 tak ban jaye to that would be you know uh, an achievement Uh, I think instead of जैसे कहते हैं गेटिंग फिक्सेड ऑन लार्ज और डेशियस प्रोजेक्ट एंड लार्ज गोल्स यू नो देर नीड्स टू बी अ मोर फोकस ऑन गेटिंग द स्मॉलर थिंग्स राइट फर्स्ट एंड दैट इज वेर आई से यू नो मैनुफैक्चरिंग फेसिलिटी कमिंग अप यू नो सम काइंड ऑफ सपोर्ट और यू नो मोर सॉफ्टवेयर ओरिएंटेड एक्सपोर्ट्स हैपनिंग ठीक है अ लॉट ऑफ स्टफ दैट नीड्स टू बी डन इन टेक Uh, there, there there is still some hope to be honest on the regulatory front over the last few months there have been pretty good secp uh, other entities out there they have been at least trying to create an enabling environment so i'm just hoping it's good, just going to work out but you know on one side you've got people doing good things and on the other side you've got people who can't really ensure supply of wheat So, so I think yeah, in 2021, the the star of the show was not the government, was the state bank. Raza Bakar, mm-hmm. MVP of the year. The IMF IMF agent placed in Pakistan has been a success. Amar, what are you saying? Well, that's not. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, the, I think the state bank has done a good job here. Okay, I mean, I've got to give it to them. 
ठीक है बीइंग क्रिटिकल ऑफ देम क्वाइट अ बिट ठीक है बट दे हैव डन अ गुड जॉब मतलब दे दे हैव डन अ गुड जॉब लाइक आई आई एज एन द वे दे यूज्ड टू इवन प्रेजेंट डेटा देयर चेंजिंग They're, 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 they're changing. They're evolving. So like, that I is where. I went to a press conference. I went to a press conference and I asked a question. And Raza Bakir saw my face and he thought, you know, this this answer is not good. And that is when he got his uh, spokesperson to call me after the conference. Like, does she need a more? Should, does she need more clarification? And that is why I feel like they are changing. And they they are coming up with graphs. They're they're charting things, and it's not the same old charts that we've seen over the years. these are really basic things but you can see that they're thinking they're looking at things from a different approach and yeah even though he's an imf puppet what oh yeah by the way that was a tongue in cheek comment before someone I comes know, after me for pushing no, against the yeah. no but like people people have been critical of him from you know for being a white man's person but the fact remains that he's actually good at his job and he's actually looking at things not from an old boomer uncle perspective he's actually looking at it from a very different perspective which which we really needed because we've had a lot of boomer uncles telling us what to do and he doesn't have the boomer uncle vibe amar will pakistan finally um have a unified payments interface and a payment stack in 2021 that can enable digital payments because we heard in 2020 uh, it was coming in august it never came the uh, the let's say the building blocks are in place and it, it will be there It it will be there again. Good good things are happening on that front as well. We're late to the party, but good things are happening on that front, and I, I you will see. It's going to be a little delayed, though. As in, you won't see maybe towards the end, but I I'm not really hopeful. Ah, uh, wow! My, a, a lot of stuff is happening on that front, and uh, you will see a number of use cases coming out. uh for commercial payments very soon and then it is up to the private sector to really grab it and uh, just scale it up so the rails are in place on the tech front if uh, the government doesn't screw it up with random uh, let's say bans and you know arbitrary decisions we can really catch up on that front but again is agar koi aake piche bolta hai ki ji ye kya kar rahe hain aap ye to galat hai isko band kar dena chahiye to fir wo band ho jayega fir uske baad bhi chalega How many things do you think the government banned this year? Yeah, that is a long list. I think it's a, it's a very very long list. It's a hilarious list. Every other day there is something that is banned. So you know, can't really say. Yeah, I think that's the, my biggest risk is that before March there is some sort of. I, I think it's a very low probability event, but there is increased political instability in the country and things happen. um as a result of that that take on their own life it hasn't happened yet i don't see it happening but to me at least heading into q1 of 2021 that's the biggest sort of risk that i see is that things just go off the rails to an extent in the political domain that it bleeds into the economy and then no one knows what's going to happen um and we just don't know and i think that's where the polarization in society we saw you know things like really vile hashtags trend yesterday and i was thinking to myself i was like okay in a way i used to wake up in the united states a few years ago with a story about a bomb blast uh, a few bomb blasts every other day um and now making up to these hashtags maybe you it's a decent choice in terms of you've shifted people to becoming keyboard warriors of the most vile sort but it is also very dangerous um so i think the political shift at least for me is the biggest sort of ace in the hole i don't know what you guys think about the 
the on the risk side what you see as being the biggest unresolved issues going into the next year it's it's actually really strange because we've we've had parties competing against each other but and this has always been happening like things have been said about being a zero over the years as well um so it's not something that's new yeah it's been- but it's just so widespread on a grassroots level on twitter and what what not like there was they were absolutely disgusting hashtags to be honest they were absolutely disgusting and i felt when i when i went through the hashtags a lot of them were basically talking about how bad the hashtags were and they were drawing more attention to it and you could tell a lot of them were bot accounts and the social media teams for both parties all parties have been absolutely vile throughout this and it it's a moral degradation of our society as a whole but this is not something new this this used to happen in the past as well this is, this is happening right now it's, it's not new i'm sorry i'm not going to say that too much yeah. here amar what's the unresolved issue going into 2021 circular debt hmm political volatility has been there since forever and like we should all just get over it and move get on with the program circular debt circular has been debt. there forever we should all get over it and just move on No, actually, we cannot get over it because it just hurts us every day, uh, and uh, it's been there since 2010. So yeah, it's been almost 10 years, been a full decade, and uh, we simply haven't been able to crack the code here. So yeah, I think if the biggest issue for me is just circular debt because you unlock liquidity there, a lot of things are just going to. resolve on their own you know we'll just uh, the market will take care of it but again once again the state needs to stop interfering in everything so one you know if the state needs to do one thing and that's it that's just not to do everything you know just, i feel that like whenever ran fan says ki main notice le raha hu is cheese ki prices pe us cheese price aur badh jati hai Yeah, exactly. I mean I mean it's hilarious like it's, it's basically a self fulfilling prophecy please notice my salary वो टैक्स वाला आ जाएंगे आपके पीछे ठीक है सो पॉइंट यू नो इट्स इट्स अ फुलफिलिंग ठीक है एंड इट्स काइंड ऑफ सो यू नो मतलब द गवर्नमेंट नीड्स टू डू लेस एंड नॉट मोर एंड नॉट जस्ट इंटरफेयर इन एवरीथिंग आउट देयर हैव एनेबलिंग सिस्टम्स इन प्लेस एवरीथिंग विल टेक केयर ऑफ इट ठीक है do you think that, that the, the movement that they've started um on sort of the pakistan steel mills um will continue into 2021 and will finally be done with this long long so. delayed i i, I don't think so uh sadly this government has not been able to tackle the problem for of public sector enterprises because as luck would have it as you say political volatility uh, when these guys were in opposition they totally opposed whatever was happening and that thing did not happen at that point in time now hundreds of billion rupees of losses later they want to do the same thing again so the, the opposition this time will not allow them to do it as well so it's just like a very bad loop and uh, you know the way the whole pakistan steel transaction is going i really don't think anything is going to come out of it uh we can see what happened with pia how did they basically botched uh, the whole aviation sector like whatever was left of the aviation sector in the country so you know matlab i don't think any anything is going to come out of it just going to be a, a stalemate riba uh, sorry what 
No, I mean, do you think, what, what do you think about those privatization drive, particularly on the PSM? Like, do you think oh, that okay. continues or it's just more of the same you muddle along? I hope so. I hope so. But like Amar said, the chances of that actually getting through in reality are slim because obviously the opposition, because if you, if you, I don't know, like if you pick up speeches of Asadomar, if you pick up speeches of everyone else, they were very vocal about this very issue and they riled people up on this very issue and similar other issues. And you just can't, you know, it, it can't happen that way. It, it just can't. The opposition won't let it happen. They're already looking for weaknesses within your argument because of the whole PDM thing. It, it's not possible. I hope it happens. If it does, that's good because the steel mills have been absolutely, you know, terrible for us. Over the years, it's been terrible. And there's no show recording it. It's, 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 it's a cost. It's a burden. It's a cost. It's dead weight. Okay, well, so if I were to sum this up, not a lot of high hopes for 2021 investment will One continue high to happen. Hope. One high yes. hope. Um, you know, we have started to see import substitution kick in to an extent. Hmm. But is, again, of, I mean, let, let's talk thought. about this. Let me get Amar's view on this first and I'll come back to you, Reba. But is import substitution even the right strategy? Like, isn't import, like I had Dr. Gonzalo Varela on, on my show hmm. talking about exports. And he was like, if you start doing import substitution, you actually are anti-export. And so do you, Amar, do you of think course, import substitution yeah. is the right path forward for Pakistan? Export promotion is the right path. One export promotion is happening. Again, the market will take care of it. Because again, you know, see, for import substitution to happen, uh, basically, on a very fundamental level, you need to increase duties. You need to increase uh, overall tariffs out there, whether it's commercial or non, uh, non-commercial or non-tariff barriers out there. You need to enact barriers. When you enact barriers, a lot of primary intermediate goods, which can be used for exports, are not allowed into the com- country. So basically... It is working in some sectors, like it is working in some sectors, which which were really ignored, like the skincare sector, for instance. uh, I I felt that those sectors, obviously, it's not a widespread thing that should go across all industries. I'm not going to propagate that. But it it has brought up some some industries that we didn't even think, you know, that could emerge over here. See, that's the thing. They're not, they're not industries. They're, they're not of industries. Course. They're mostly they're not, small businesses. They're not big and, enough. Yeah, they're small they're, they're, businesses. They're, they're small they're small businesses, businesses, right? Someone's producing cheese that's basically a small business. I mean, yeah. you're losing sight of the forest for the trees here. So that's the thing. When uh, I think export promotion is uh, much better. And uh, I'm sure there are trade experts the out there remains, who agree with this. The fact remains that, okay, um, hum, what, what, do you, what, what, what are you going to export? Yeah, that's you. You need to develop an industry, man. You you can export anything and everything from cutlery to furniture to fish to. See, that's the thing. We have we have a lot to we uh, we have a lot to offer, but that's not really being explored, explored, or let's say value is being added. Like I'll give you an example of our long as coastline. You know, we yeah. barely export any fish out from there. We've got huge markets in the Middle East, and you can basically literally do uh, farm to, let's say, sea to market in 12 hours. Like, yeah. it's easier to, to send fish to, let's say, Dubai or Muscat or Jadda than it is to Lahore. 
Yeah. So why not? Why can't we explore that market? Or let's say, why can't we export cutlery? Why can't we export furniture? So a lot of it is simply not happening because exporting, there's an anti-export bias here. It's very difficult to become an exporter. Uh, I'll give you an example of a friend of mine who has a wonderful food processing unit in Skardu. And uh, it's, it's, it's been a pain for him to even be eligible to start exporting apricots from Skardu. In Islamabad, you will get sliced apricots from Turkey, but uh, getting those the same apricots from Skardu to Islamabad is a pain. So this is the thing here. We have a lot to export, but we are simply not doing it. It's not really happening. And I think at the core of this also is, you know, we touched upon this earlier. Where are your investments being directed to, right? Are they being directed just to... to j- j- just, just to add here, when we talk about import duties being an export tax. Now, let's look at the example of a fruit processing unit in Skardu. So in order to import that unit, you need to pay certain duties. When the duties are high enough, it just simply doesn't make sense to set up a unit and start exporting fruit. And that just basically goes for across all industries. This whole concept of the current account deficit, seriously, I mean, if you I, want I to grow your economy, I, your current I, account I, deficit needs to increase. I feel, that, so, I feel like a lot of people, is, like the government over the years, because our governments have been really political, they look at the numbers and they're very short-sighted with us because unko obviously performance we brought this down, we brought that down, but they don't really see the outcome over the years. Well, that's the that's the issue at, at the heart of everything, right? Is that every government, yeah. for at least as far as I remember, is in reactive mode and is trying to react to certain challenges versus even crafting a long-term strategy for what Pakistan needs to do, whether it's and, on the and, human development side or on the economic side. Even if they are crafting strategies, it's more like what do voters see? What what will they see? And what will make them vote? Um, that's what their strategies are towards the end after they, you know, they've set off a few fires. So that's it. But yeah, this year has been pretty okay. We started making our own masks. Good, good for us. We started making sanitizers. Good for us. But, you know, at the end of the day, the problem still remains. So again, supply chain. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all crap. So I think to sum up, supply chain was the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues of this year and in a long, long time. Hopefully that gets resolved. That's the hope for 2021. Maybe the export sectors continue to grow and circular debt obviously fully agree with Amar there that that is an area that needs to be resolved. Um, I think we're also out of time, but this was a great roundup of what's happened and what's coming forward. So thank you to the two of you for joining us once again on the podcast. And again, have a great rest of the year. And I'll start bugging you again in 2021. So have a good holiday season. Thank you, there. Have a good vacation. And yeah, you don't really have a vacation here. So we just continue. We don't. You'll just attend shadis yeah. and eat korma. But just, yeah, but no, just no, no, it's, it's cold, man. You're, die, you're going to die if you're back. <laughs> I think Ariba's so, attending yeah. some shadis this weekend. I, so. I think the only thing that you need to do this year is just stay alive. That's pretty much if you're alive. Do us a favor and it's the outro is staying alive, Lagana. Okay, that's a good idea. Maybe we'll do that. Well, to everyone who's listening, thank you for tuning in for this year. We'll see you in 2021 for the office. The office, thank you.